Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke, with William Brad Alice. I apologize. I had a few technical issues right here, but you know, nothing that Jacob Franklin couldn't fix by just being there. All right. Brad Alice. Hello, Brad Alice. How are you doing? I'm okay, Michael Luke. All right. We got a lot to get to today. We're going to talk basketball. We're going to talk football. We're going to talk some conference realignment, all that fun stuff. But first, Brad, watching Arizona yesterday, and you know, um, the Israeli team that I think we thought was really bad, and I still think they were really bad, but they barely beat Kansas State today. Kansas State was in the Elite Eight. Um, I came away from this thinking that, first of all, Keyshaw Johnson is unlike anybody that Arizona's had here in the Tommy Lloyd era. Certainly not the best player, but as far as uh, athleticism, toughness, big man, he is somebody to be very excited about. Yeah, he's that you know, prototypical six, seven kind of combo forward who leans more to the, the four, like he was what he was advertised. You know, I, I think I mentioned on Twitter yesterday that there hasn't been a guy built like him really since the highs of the, of the Miller era. And I would say he's built like Jamel Horn. Um, his game may be, a, and again, he's not nearly as good, but his game's a little more like Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very athletic, very strong, finishes at the rim. Uh, he had that little driving hook that if he can contend, uh, hit that on a uh, consistent basis, could be pretty dangerous. Um, but yeah, he's he's kind of what you expect out of that. Frankly, that San Diego State power forward, right? Um, and I thought too, just watching, like I said, um, watching him. Uh, you don't really realize until you're watching him in game just how explosive he is. And I thought that Jack Murphy, when we had him on a while back, I thought he was blowing a little bit of smoke when he said, I think Keyshawn's going to be in the NBA. And I came away from that thinking that he's got a chance, William. Yeah, Keyshawn, right now, to me, he has to have a much more consistent jumper and ability to score to play no in the NBA. He certainly has NBA uh, athleticism. Uh, NBA length as a three, but he's playing the four. So I think he has a, to me, he does have sort of a hard row ahead of him. Uh, sorry about the dog barking. No, you're good. Kind of car We're dog friendly there. on this show. I'm bringing uh, Ted Wardo to practice on next week. So, but yeah, so does he, does he have an NBA athleticism? Yes. He doesn't have an NBA game. That's his problem. Um, he would have to be a three and D guy. And while I think he might be able to be a D guy, uh, certainly the, the, the three does not appear to be there yet. Right. The three doesn't have to be, appear to be there, but that's also something that, you know, you've got other players out there that can do that. What I was just interested in, too, in this offseason was what was Lloyd going to uh, uh, prioritize? And I think a big thing that he was going to prioritize was athleticism and strength. And I think you saw a little bit of that right there. I mean, Jaden Bradley didn't exactly – I mean, he didn't stand out, but you certainly noticed him out there. He physically looks the part. This is a uh, – this is definitely a unique team that we've uh, – that we haven't really seen here under Tommy Lloyd. And I think it's going to be a tougher route as the season goes on there, William. Yeah. You know, uh, and I don't know how 
their toughness is going to be when they get and play American college players. But I will tell you that uh, Polly M and Krivas look like big, strong, grown men. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, again, kind of joking around on Twitter. If you told me Polly M was 27 and just got out of the Lithuanian Army, I, I believe. Did you see the picture they posted that guy on the Arizona Athletics? There's no way he's 18 or 19. No, and Krivas, again, is pretty strong. So, again, they still have to show me they're tough. But at least they they have the physical capabilities uh, of being uh, those type of players to mix in with, you know, you know, your three guards are athletic and, and, and are physically capable, you know, Balo, although again, he, I think he needs to play his way into shape, which is a little bit of a concern is a big physical guy. So you've now got five, six guys who are perfectly capable of playing that more physical style when needed. Again, that's not going to, Arizona's not going to go out there and, and, and play like uh, the Mick Cronin Cincinnati teams. Right. Uh, but, you know, they have to be able to mix it up from time to time, and I think they can do it. All right, let's talk about the uh, – let's talk – before we talk about the Lithuanians, though, let's talk about Umar Ballo. Um, again, it's not the end of the world, but it's just very disappointing when a player that has a lot of expectations on him that's worked hard to get to where he was. I'll just be frank. When he comes in fat, I mean, that's that's disappointing, and, you know, it's not something you want to see out of a fi- your, you know, your fourth or fifth-year senior. I don't like the Isaiah Fox regimen. No, and you know some guys are very capable of, you know, playing their way into shape in in you know the month of informal practices and, and the first month of practice. But as a fifth year guy who had his best season ever last year, when coming in in his best shape, that's not it's not a wise decision. Um, and again, it's not like he can rest on his laurels. Um, because he's limited, we got to we got to remember here. And again, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but this isn't Shaquille O'Neal here. Where all right, we still know by the time the NBA Finals hit, he's going to be thirty eight and seventeen. He's not that type of dude. He's not quick twitch. He's kind of a lumberer, and that to me is what was just disappointing. Is that he needs to continue to improve his uh, his conditioning and his athleticism, not. Well, you know what? I'll start doing that in August. That's what was just disappointing to me. No, again, like I said, he came in in phenomenal shape last year, had an all-pack 12 caliber season. And again, if he's not in shape come November, Tommy Lloyd will start Crevis and, and Vesar. Um, as as iffy as he kind of looked yesterday, your boy Dylan Anderson is a capable guy. Be to nice. Be nice, William. For five or ten minutes. Um so, yeah, so it is disappointing. Again, I'm not saying he won't be in shape come November 1st, but we shouldn't be having those questions on, uh, you know, August 15th. Right. One thing about, though, that we got to talk about a little bit is the international recruiting. I think there's been some people that have been a little concerned about it because obviously Adama Ball wasn't a hit. Henry Vase are very much up in the air. I don't know that Philly B is ever going to be a contributor, but watching Krivas, um at the on the post and then watching Polly M as well. These guys look different than the previous ones that have come in. These these guys both look like players right here, and I think it's going to be something that's going to be fun to chart, and I think they're going to be instant impact type guys. Now, to what extent, I don't know, but they're both playing. Yeah, you know, I think I think they seem physically more on the track of where uh, Tubelis was when he arrived on campus, and that was a mm-hmm. guy who was ready to plug and play. Um you know, I don't I don't know how good the comparison to Matherin, because, again, I think there's a big difference playing basketball in Canada than uh, playing you know, pro ball in, in Lithuania, which is essentially what these guys did. But they do look more. Yeah. More ready to plug and play than, say, Henry Vesar, who, again, I think 
could be we could be very happy with by the time he leaves Arizona. But everyone has a different learning curve. Now let's see what they do uh, when they're you know midway through a semester when they're trying to get acclimated to the uh, to, to school and life in America. And although they've been in America for a couple of them for only a few weeks, um, they're basically b- back on their home turf over overseas. So. Um, you know, my guess would be their families are there, things like that. So let's see what they do. But physically, they certainly look uh, up to the part and, and and maybe a little more advanced, both in terms of game and build than some of the other guys. One thing that I think that maybe some people, maybe including myself, got a little bit ahead of here. Um, I want to talk about it. Uh, Kylan Boswell. I think that Kylan Boswell is going to be a, a very, very good point guard here at the U of A. But Watching him now, the two-and-done hype might be a little much because, again, you and I have seen two-and-done two type players here and what they look like. Mike Bibby was, you know, Mike Bibby was the epitome of that two-and-done player. Granted, he was in a different era, but Kylan Boswell doesn't look anything like Mike Bibby from an impact perspective, and that's not a put-down towards Kylan Boswell. That's just a statement that how much different two-and-done type players generally look. I've never been on the, the thought that he's a legit two and done and they could be an illegit two and done. You know, we've right. seen guys who, who shouldn't go, who go. Um, but to me, he, he just doesn't look like a, a yet an NBA point guard. He doesn't look, uh, he frankly, he doesn't look at black enough. He's not built like one. Um, so he's, he's going to have to go above and beyond um, what a, a guy built. Frankly, right. more like Caleb love has to do more like Jaden Bradley has to do. Uh, he's a very good uh, player, and that doesn't mean again. Some of the best players in Arizona history didn't sniff the NBA um, right. because of what type of player they were. So let's just you know pump the brakes. But yeah, I think I think the two and done has always been curious. Just more again, it's you just look at him and he doesn't quite look like those guys that come in. And, and you could tell the Jared Bayless, even though he wasn't a great pro, you could tell the Jared Bayless wasn't going to be in college long. Um, you know, and I use a different, and it's again, guy d- d- didn't have a great career, but uh, look at a guy like Clotate, phenomenal athlete, had a good month, didn't have a shred of NFL game in him, right? So, now, so if he could have done that for four years, what he did in that one magic October, he still wants to probably go play in the NFL, and that's maybe what we'll look at Colin Boswell, who is barely six foot, stocky, not long, he just may not fit in today's modern NBA. Um, again, he's got a Stanley Havili build. Does he, if you know, he starts showing that he could, he's an elite shooter, he's an elite distributor, then yeah, he can, he can play his way. Cause we've also seen guys built like that who do play in the NBA. Uh, but typically they are a little bit taller. We got to give you Brad Alice, a lot of credit here on uh, Mount Crevis. When uh, Mount Crevis committed, I will, I will admit that I looked at him. I was like, eh, it's going to be a project. Mount Crevis is not a project. Sure, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's also legitimately 7'2". He's got legitimate skills, back-to-the-basket skills, and a little bit of a jump shot. At this time next year, Brad, he's going to be the starting center at the U of A. Yeah, and again, what I liked about Crevis, I looked at his tape, and I – and you've done it. You and I have done it. Where you, you try to evaluate not only what can they do now, but what can they do later. And the first thing that jumped out at me was, while not fast at all, he's mobile though. He moves right. well. He has good footwork, which you expect from him. You know, again, there's a Tubelis comparison there. Tubelis moves very well. Tubelis is not fast. Um, but then I looked at him physically, and he was physically put together well. You know, he had peaks on the shoulder, two peaks, but, you know, he's halfway there to the full set. Um, he had length. 
he wasn't built like a string. You know, Vesar came in last year and and he, you know, wasn't. He looked scrawny. like a deer in the headlights. He wasn't scrawny, but he wasn't, you know, he didn't look like he'd been in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Anderson was skinny when he got here. Now he's starting to put, uh, you know, Balo was thick when he got it. Krivas is built, you know, he probably still needs about 10 pounds of muscle, but he was built like what you want to see a 20 year old uh, big man look like. And, you know, with the shot blocking ability, with some of his timing on things, yeah, I thought he had a chance to be pretty darn good. Uh, and I still am very high on him. All right, Brad. How much? Uh, how's your sleep going, Brad? Here and there. All right, but let's just say you're like William Brad Alice, and you need a little bit of time to sleep. OGs is here for you. We highly recommend you check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can find their products at your local dispensary. Must be 21 years or older. And again, all kinds of good stuff. You got the pink lemonade gummies, uh, limited edition, by the way. Um, And again, all kinds of good stuff. Fruits, watermelons, red apple, peach. Do uh, check out OGs. It's what's sweeping the nation right now and game time. Now, Brad Alice, you have used game time before. This is correct, is it not? Uh, yeah. All right. Here's what we got. Game time is the place to go to be able to get your last second tickets. We've had people do this before. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code word PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for 20% off or $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Okay. But, yeah, I believe Krivis is going to be a multi-year starter. Maybe a little bit of a Shemit Karnowski, a little bit different, obviously, but maybe that kind of impact. Can Williams see that? I mean, obviously, very, very different players. You know, Karnowski, a bigger, thicker guy. Um, But, no, I think Krivis has a chance to be – fill a role that Arizona has only had a few times, really, over the years. That's a shot-blocking big man. Um, Obviously, he's not as fluid an athlete as Lauren Woods. He's not definitely not as explosive an athlete – as uh, a Christian Coloco, but I think he could maybe put up similar block numbers to those guys. Um, and again, maybe a more well-rounded offensive player than either of those guys were. He's not going to get the transition dunks very often. He's not going to, you know, I don't know if you're going to hit him on the lob, um, but he's a guy. Yeah. I think he could dump it down and he can get you that hook shot. He can get you that uh, little jumper. Um, and then again, if he can block shots and rebound, that's, that's, that's what? huge. What I like seeing about Pauly M as well is that Pauly M was looking to get his. Pauly M came out there because one one of the things I worry about the international players from time to time is obviously it's an adjustment to the American game, but I don't like watching the players out there that are timid and are kind of weenies. He came out there and he was looking to get his. He had a dunk. He had a three. And that's what I like to see. And you could tell that he was saying, eh, I'm going to continue to do this right here. I was very impressed by Pauly M. And again, different type of athlete, but is maybe the best comparison for his game, Derek Williams, that ability to kind of put it on the floor and, and drive for the dunk. He, he can shoot from the outside. Um, you know, we Arizona just hasn't had many successful combo forwards. And, and really, Derek Williams is one of the few. Um, and I think that could be a guy, again, very – not, not, not necessarily similar athletes, and, and most people, for whatever reason, most people really cringe when you do the cross-racial comparisons. Oh, that, we don't we don't cringe on this show. We're doing it right now. We've done but, it twice already. But to me, that might be the closest in terms of 
pure combo forward. And again, I'm putting a lot of stock into a really good seven minutes against what's probably the equivalent of, uh, you know, the the uh, over 35 Maybe Israeli B-League All-Stars, although they played well today. But that's what I saw from Polyam. It's just kind of that somewhat similar uh, to some of the things Derek Williams did. And I'm not calling him a national player of the year or first-round draft pick. You're but saying that Paul M is going to be the second pick in the draft. That's what you just said. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Exactly. Maybe that's the Lithuanian draft, but we'll see. Right. All right. Now, let's move over to a little bit of U of A football here. And uh, we'll talk about BetMGM here in a little bit. Brad, I'm going to go on record. When we were talking on the postgame shows, this is a good team. And again, it's not a great team by any means, but it is a good team. It, it, it's different from last year in that you're like, all right, well, they should be really improved. You look across the board. This is a pretty good team right here. We're going to talk offense. and We're going to talk defense and what Dwayne Aquin has meant. But so far, very impressed by what I've seen. And um, the talent level on offense is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I think this is probably the most talented team since the end of the Rich Rod era. Um, certainly got the most NFL prospects. Yeah. And I think the, the, the question to me is it may not result in any more wins. It's a tough schedule. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of parody in, uh, the dying embers of the PAC 12 here. Um, you know, you look from Cal up, everyone's kind of, you know, again, the top of the league's very, very good, but you know, from, from, Oregon State down to Cal, I'm not sure there's a huge amount of difference. Right. So you you really could be doing these things where it's just one or two plays uh, per game is the difference between whether you're going bowling and whether you're a four or five win team. That being said, yeah, this team's more talented than they have been. They have some holes still. They they still lack some depth, but this is this is the best Arizona team in in five or six years. And offensively, there's not a lot of question marks. Now we'll get to the quarterback last, but as far as the starting offensive line, I think you have to go back to Stoops to find something that um, where you have. I mean, listen, Jordan Morgan, your guy, Miranda native, at tackle is an NFL player. Jonas Savanea, in my opinion, is the best pro prospect on the team at that other tackle. Wendell Moe is going to be a starter here as long as he's here. Polito has been fantastic in camp. Uh, Josh Baker is solid at center. It is – now listen, the depth isn't great, but it is a really, really good starting offensive line right there, William. Yeah, about five to seven. This t- It's as good as it's been in a long, long time. But that's the problem. You suffer one injury here, one injury there, and you know I, I think Longy, Alangi is, is a nice player you can plug in. There's a couple other guys you can plug in. Leif uh, Magnuson. Let's not forget about our guy Leif Magnuson. But, yeah, once you start dipping deep into it, uh, yeah, you could be in some trouble. Right. And so and then you look at the receivers. The receivers are obviously fantastic. T-Mac. Um, by the way, do you see those pictures of how buff T-Mac is now? Yeah, he looks good. Yeah. So you got T-Mac, you got Cowing, Montana, Lamonius Craig, who um, another guy that really looks the part. Then you've got obviously Kevin Green, a bunch, uh, a lot of other guys in that spot. The wide receiver unit, you know, stop me if you've heard this before, is absolutely loaded again, Brad. Yeah, I think, you know, I think in, in years past, you could go with what uh, uh, Green, Brown, Riley, um, and, and that would be better than some of the, the units that have been trotted out there. And those guys may barely see the field. Right, right. And then tight end, Kean Burnett, Chester Burnett's kid. 
I believe he's looked really good. He's a lot bigger. I think you're going to see a lot of two tight end sets with him and Tanner McLaughlin as well. Very impressed by what I've seen, though, so far from those guys as well. I mean, Jaden Delora, who we're going to get to in a minute, he can't be complaining about the options or the protection around him. No, and you have some receivers who can catch the ball as well. So, yeah, there are plenty of targets. There are plenty of uh, – there should be, uh, again, if, if it's coached up right, Plenty of options for him where he doesn't have to always force the ball, whether you look down underneath for a back in the flats, a tight end in the seam, things like that. But, uh, yeah, Arizona, from a skill position standpoint, is, is as good as it's been, certainly dating back to, to, to Stoops and, and maybe to the Tomy era. All right, now we got to talk about Delora here. He's obviously Rich Carrillo's guy, uh, Jaden Delora, right here. Um, Delora, to me, is – and we talked about it uh, talk, talked about it a little bit last week. When you've got this much talent around you offensively, I know you're not going to have all great games. I get that. I just can't have the huge peaks and valleys that we had because you know he's capable of big nut games. But when you have a tough game, make it be something like 17 of 30 for 240 yards and one touchdown and no picks. It can't be the 79 yards passing and four interceptions type situation. That's what I need to see out of Jaden Delora this year. And I think he should be able to do it. Yeah, I mean, consistency is going to be the key. Yeah, he can't have those huge crater games. Uh, you can't have, um, you know, those games where, again, he throws multiple picks where they just don't move the football. Um, and, and, and frankly, they shouldn't. I think, I think you know, if you're going to have a bad game in, in this day and age, it has to be where you just falter in the red zone and you settle for right. field goals. Um, but the defense is not going to be good enough to keep you in one of these 21 20 games. You got to score touchdowns and you got to take pressure off the defense. And a lot of it is up to Delora. And again, I think Delora has played well in his, you know, last year in his time in the Pac 12, um, but he's not a surefire, sure thing like, you know, the top three or four, five guys in the league are. Right. And I think that's the, uh, I think that's a little bit of the issue there. Now, let's talk about Noah Fafita. Can I five? I'm, I, because people know my my answer to this. Can a 5'7 or 5'8 quarterback who throws the ball 35 times a game work in college football? It can. Um, We've never not, seen it before. That's that's why I asked. No, we have. What do you mean we haven't? 5'7, 5'8? Kyler Murray? He's 5'10 and a half. It's a big difference. I mean, that's what he measured at the combine, and those are actually real numbers there, Brad. It's the same strategy, though. They're, once you once you get under sub seven, you know six foot, it's it's all the same strategy. Roll out, uh, yes, he can't. You can be successful. It's been done. It's been done at mid major levels. Uh, hasn't been done in, in you know heck. Keith Smith's five nine. Um, he didn't throw thirty five times a game because Dick Tomey wouldn't let him. They would have won right. more games. If they would have won more games. games. Yes. Um, so yeah, it can be done, but you know the it, it's not a sure thing. Um, but you know. You're also bringing in a quarterback next to who's who's probably closer to five ten than he is six foot. So figure out that playbook, figure out the rollouts, figure out the passing lanes, things like that. Yes, it can be successful. It's tougher. It means a little bit different scheming. Um, same thing though. You can have a six five quarterback who who's a statue back there. You also have limitations. You know, you're, I think your ideal in this modern game of football is about six three and mobile. Right. So, um, but you're Arizona. You have to. You know, you have to take your chances on, on guys, whether the guy's a little bit too small, whether the guy's uh, not in the hotbed, whether the guy's uh, got recruited over at his prior school. That's what you have to bring in now to you create that uh, that tradition of success. All right. Now, defensively here, 
We need we need to talk about this because Dwayne Aquina came in and um, I'm not at all surprised by what I've seen. First of all, he's the most fiery coach out there. They found out a way to make him a coach on the field, even though he's an analyst. Very good work there, Jed Fish. I believe he's going to be the position coach next year. Um, this is with all due respect because Chuck Cecil is U of A royalty. Chuck Cecil um, and Dwayne Aquina as coaches right now are not comparable. I think uh, Dwayne Aquina is a far more impactful guy. Um, I believe he will be uh, probably somewhere in that uh, secondary. But Brad, seeing him at practice every day, seeing him on the sideline for a young coaching staff, for a young defensive staff, I can't think of anybody better to have than Dwayne Aquina back there. Now, and I'll tell you, I've had two different people, um, one being one of the, uh, the the middle school football coaches at uh, Flowing Wells Middle School and one being one of the baseball dabs on Tyler's baseball team. That's all they want to talk about, Dwayne Aquina. You see Akina's back. Akina's on the field. Did you hear him talk? Oh, I yeah. love Akina. Um, and, and, you know, one of the guys is about my age. One of the guys is a little bit older. Yeah, but we all remember Akina. We know what he is. Um, save for that little stint as offensive coordinator. That didn't go real well. Um, yeah, he talked about Arizona royalty. And, again, Chuck Cecil for what he did on the field. Um, but Dwayne Akina's proven. He's, he's heck, for a lot of people, college football royalty. And, um, yeah, you ha- you find a way to get that guy in the field, whether that's you know, I, I, in some ways, you they got um, a gift, and you hate to say it, but, but with Ricky Hunley's uh, health issues and whether they, you know, Hunley comes back, because I thought Hunley did do a good job on with hmm? his players last year. Maybe it is moving Cecil back to an analyst role, or, you know, maybe someone else leaves the, the program in the offseason. But you absolutely keep Dwayne Aquina on the field, uh, interacting with players as much as you can for as long as he still has that fire. Yeah, and, and the thing is, too, and Lamont Lovett and I were talking about this at the scrimmage, is that if you're just looking at defensive back coaches in college football history, you're not going to find somebody more accomplished. Now, again, I'm not saying he's the best. I'm not saying he isn't the best, but you're not going to find somebody more accomplished that has worked with better players. I mean, he really is at the apex of that position right there. That's why it's so important to have him. And when you watch, when you watch their practices, when you go and you hear him yelling all the time about swarming, uh, gang tackling, getting after Arizona's defense was interesting last year because it combined a lack of talent with a lack of uh, gusto, for lack of a better term. Dwayne Aquina is changing. Dwayne Aquina is going to change that. Even if it's slowly, there's going to be a difference. Yeah, yeah. You know, say what you will about Jacob Manu, the athlete. Jacob Manu fits the Dwayne Aquina defense because he is a play with your hair on fire, fly to the ball. David Fick type. Heck, and he didn't coach him, but a, a Scooby Wright type. I mean, Scooby mm-hmm. Wright, there's a reason Scooby Wright can't play in the NFL, but he puts up monster numbers everywhere else because uh, save for the NFL, effort gets you everywhere. That's why he can right. be a two-time USFL champion. That's why he could be a Heisman Trophy vote recipient. Um, you know, and that's and that's the kind of guy Jacob Manu is. And I think a lot of the guys you're bringing, when you bring in guys from Georgia and and, and, and for some of these programs, they, they know how to fly to the ball. They know how to play with intensity. And that can make up, especially on your front seven, for some of that lack of talent. Right. Now, we, we got to talk about Justin Flo a little bit here. But first, William Brad Alice is maybe a little skeptical about the over of five wins for U of A football this year. 
I am not skeptical, and I am telling you to go to bet MGM right now and take the over on it. We told you last year over two and a half, it hit easy. This one will hit easy as well. Sign up for bet MGM. Use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, place your first bet offer and receive up to 1000 back in bonus bets if it loses. Check out the show notes for full details. Again, bet MGM. Take the over on the University of Arizona Wildcats. You will thank me later. Now, let's hear Shane Diefenbach with the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. All right. Something that we see all the time, and you've seen this from day one um, because you've been covering uh, recruiting since uh, I was going to say since uh, Coneal Norman was coming up, if I'm not mistaken. Is this correct, Brad? A little bit after that, but uh, but not that far off. I did okay. see Mike. I did see Mike Bibby play in high school. I saw Mike Bibby play in high school. I saw him play at South Point. Uh, Were you at this yeah. game? You were not at yeah. that game. The, the the difference was you were a child and I was, you know, in my twenties. True. All right. But generally when you have a five, and this is not meant to besmirch the kid at all here because he's been fantastic for what Arizona wanted. But I always tell people this. Generally, when you get a kid that used to be a five star and and a high five star, like the mega high five star, and they don't play where they're at, or nobody's really sad to see him leave, generally it's because, you know, they can be solid, but they're just not they're just not quite that dude that they were hyped up to be. I think that's kind of the case with Justin Flo. Now, listen, Justin Flo is going to play because he's kind of your typical old school linebacker, plug the gap. But in this day and age, if you can't pick up the passing game on defense, it's difficult for you to play. And so I think people thinking he was going to come in and be an all-conference type dude, probably not going to be seeing that. Yeah, and I think the problem with Flo is he has phenomenal athleticism, He, but he's an old school linebacker, and the game is changing. Right. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of the same thing. Running backs have changed, and there's a, there's a, you know there's a reason, uh, guy. You know, th- th- there's a reason Saquon Barkley can't get paid. Right. Um, there's there's a reason linebackers can't get paid. The game is changing. Um, so yeah. So I don't know whether the answer for Justin Flo is to use him on running downs to maybe eventually see if he can move to his uh, undersized edge rusher and try to use his speed. He's a phenomenal athlete, but yeah. Mm-hmm. He may not be quite good enough athlete to go and cover, you know, backs in the flat, cover tight ends, things like that. We'll see how he adjusts um, because, again, he has phenomenal ability. But just where does he, you know, where does he fit? Right. Ephesians Price Sock on the defensive side. That's who I believe. I, uh, that's who I believe is the best uh, best NFL prospect on the defensive side of the football right there. Um, about six foot two, ex four star kid. You could tell that they expect him to take a big jump this year. And obviously the defense is unproven to a certain extent, but Price Hawk is definitely the guy that I'm going to be watching in that secondary to see if he can become that dude that I think that the coaching staff certainly hopes that he can be. I think both of those corners have a chance to be pretty special. Mm -hmm. Um, They're both bigger guys, um, younger guys, rangy guys, kind of that modern corner. So, yeah, well, I think Price Hawk's ahead of him. Uh, I think both. Uh, both you both like Takario Davis, is what you're saying. I do like Takario mm-hmm. Davis. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, I think, again, talking to someone yesterday, there, there's a reason Christian Roland Wallace left. Right. And it's because he wasn't guaranteed a starting spot. Right. And because so, he was just, again, Christian Roland Wallace was a solid corner for sure. These dudes have higher upside. That's the best way that I can put that. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And again, younger, bigger, maybe a little more fast. Yeah. Yeah. So you mix those two guys in. Now you got to get help from the other three spots. The other three spots still concern me. Uh, you know, I'm not sure who the, you know, the, the nickel corner is. It looks like it's probably going to be Stoops. Um, you know, I know there were some people counting on, uh, is it Yates uh, to come in, but it seems like he's down on the depth chart. Uh, you know, still waiting for some safeties to really step up. Uh, you know, it looks like Taylor's by the guy, but who's the other guy. So there's still a lot of questions in the secondary, but I think, you know, I, I know, I know Celestine has looked pretty good too. So maybe he's your, your third corner. And if so, then that's a nice group with some speed, but you, you, you need all five defensive backs to be solid. And right now you've got kind of two that you know about. All right. Now NPOB just sent a, a funny tweet to uh, the great NPOB one. Um, all right. We need, I need to help because again, Brad, you're a much smarter person than I am. Um, take me through when it became the idea that you can't have small players return kicks because when I when Arizona recruited Rayshon Speedy Luke, fam, I was under the impression he would be returning kicks. Uh, generally, small, fast players return kicks. And not only has he not returned kicks, it seems like it's only been until about this week that they've even considered having him return kicks. I don't understand this. The only thing about Luke, and, and, and this is – it's not because he's small, but because he's small, it's, 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 it's more noticeable. Apparently, he's having trouble holding on to the football. Right. Um, so if you can't hold on the football, you can't run back kicks. Um, who was who was the guy? There's a reason they went with Ryan Eidson inside the 20. If you remember Ryan Eidson, mm-hmm. uh, walk on wide receiver. Not a big guy. I was going to say uh, we were a pretty small dude, wasn't he? Small dude. He was from uh, Brady's high school. Uh, 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 Junipero Sarah. No, uh, De La Salle. Uh, so, yeah, but not so Brady's not Brady's from, high Brady's from no. Sarah. He's from Sarah, but De La Salle is where this kid was. He's from, from Leon Cowan's high school. Leon Cowan's about that? But Eitzen had hands. Eitzen mm. didn't drop anything. So they would put back. Ryan Eitzen was probably 5'9", 140, 150. And most of the time, was he fair catching? Yes. But he didn't drop anything. Um, so that's what you need. You know, and again, uh, you want a guy who can be a game breaker, but, but you cannot turn over the football, uh, especially on punt return. Uh, right. Kickoff return. You just can't. So I don't care if Speedy Luke is the next Devin Hester on 50% of the time. If 50% of the time he was sky more for the Chiefs last year, you can drink now, fans. Right, I was going to um, say that's a good one. Um, th- then you're yeah, in fact, sky more lost the Colts game for the Chiefs last year because he muffed two punts. Uh, right. you, just, you just can't do that, um, especially with this Arizona team. I'd rather have a guy who just fair catches everything. Um, and, and, you know, go, go, what, who was the guy who used to do that all the time? Devin Ross. Uh, Devin Ross caught everything. And last year, Anthony Simpson tried to uh, 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 take that mold by saying, I will fair catch everything. I'm just telling you, there's nothing more infuriating than watching 10 yards in front of somebody and you're fair catching it automatically. Stop doing that. I can tell you the one thing more infuriating. A muff punt. That's true. Yeah. So. Hello, Bug Wright. Yeah. So that's my guess for speed. But yeah, I think it's again. Speedy Luke is skinny and small, and that's part of it. But height has nothing to do with durability. Nothing. It doesn't. Brad Allison and I prove this every single day. 
How many games Cedric Steptoe miss? None. I can't many remember games, never hurt. How many games Mike Mike Thomas miss? Can't think of any. Uh JJ Taylor might be a bad example. But right. um, you know, again, if you, as long as you're not five six one thirty, but you're five five six one seventy is built a lot thicker for most human beings than six foot one eighty, which is what most DBs are. So yeah. Brad, I'm putting he your can hang on to the ball. He should kick run back kicks. If not, let's get someone else out there. Brad Alice, I'm putting your feet to the fire right now. Over or under five wins for the Wildcats. Over. Bet MGM, check it out. By I the said way, over the whole time. I just said don't be shocked if Arizona doesn't look like a much better football team and still winds up five and seven. I will be shocked. All right, Brad, when was the last time you went to Circle K? When Yesterday. did you take all the gremlins? Yesterday. What did you get? Uh, what did I get? Problem, probably a water and a Gatorade and a protein bar. There's nothing. You know, look, Brad Alice has been one of the Titans in the Arizona sports scene for well over 50 years now. If it's good, sorry, well over, let's see, Brad, when did, when did you start, Brad? I'm going to do, hold on. I'm going to say, when did you start cover? Yeah. When did you start writing? It's part-time 94. All right. Fiesta Bowl year then. Yeah, yeah, 94-95, I, I did a few things for Catrix. Really, all right, so Brad, you're, yeah. Brad's going on about 30 years right now, and you know what's helping sustain Brad through all of this? Circle K, and I mean this seriously. Now, check it out. Make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff. Right now, text PHNX31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free 32-ounce Polar Pop Circle K. All right, Brad. For, if you really want to go, and this is honest to God, Circle K truth. Uh, my wife is addicted to Polar Pops. When There's I, nothing wrong with that. When I covered high school sports for the Miranda News and, and to less extent Tucson Citizen, uh, if I wasn't on a turf field, I probably had a Polar Pop. And you know what? Then that's why. That's why you were called so long. Thirst Buster. Right. Oh, Thirst Buster. And uh, but um, all right. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit now. By the way, Jacob Franklin got on me yesterday for talking about Circle K. Jacob Franklin, you were right about this. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, fan bases now. I want to get your take on this. Um, the one thing that I've noticed, and again, this is 100% Twitter re- uh, related, is that no matter what you think of the move to the Big 12 or the Pac-12, whatever the case may be, Big 12 fans certainly seem to care more about their teams than Pac-12 fans do. Would you agree? That, yes. Uh, if you if you listen to the podcast I put up yesterday, I said one of the things that killed the Pac-12 – was the lack of fan base slash being in pro cities. Um, There are very few, there are diehard fan bases across the Pac-12, but they're not as big. But again, some of that is if you're in Tempe. Um, 25 years ago, it was at worst the number two show in town behind the Suns. At worst. And NASU football may have been number one 30, 40 years ago. Um, Now you're fourth. Maybe, maybe fifth right. if you really like hockey. Um, if you're in Stillwater, Oklahoma, that's it. That's it. You probably you might not even watch the NFL, right? Um, if you are in Lubbock, Texas, if you, Lawrence, Kansas, yes, they're they're, they're KC sports fans. They have two, they have one team they root for. They root for the Chiefs and the Jayhawks. Mm-hmm. Um, Manhattan, Kansas is even you know they're dedicated. They root for Bill Snyder. Yeah, the the, the you know uh, Optimus Klein. Um, you know, you see that with, to a lesser extent, there are still some great fans. And, and Washington fans are great, 
but there are other options there. And that's the other thing is for whatever reason, apparently if you live where it's warm and near a beach, you can't be a college sports fan. But if you live in a place that is also warm and there's only hunting and fishing, you can be. Uh, I don't I don't get that argument that there's too much to do in L.A., but not in, I don't know, D- Atlanta, where right. Georgia fans. It's just it's more of the transitive nature of the West Coast. And, right. you know, um, we're starting. That's one reason we're starting to see Arizona basketball have a, an elite fan base, because all the guys who are now 30, 35, who grew up with it the whole time are like, oh, I want to be like Carolina. I want to be like. Right. But if, you know, if you're in Tempe, the odds are your family may have only been there for 10 years. Well, if you're in I mean, look, you know, and look at it this way. Uh, Stanford has no fans. Cal has no fans. UCLA and UC- USC fans don't really show up. Same with ASU fans. Utah fans show up. Colorado fans are going to show up. Oregon State fans, I give Oregon State fans a lot of credit. But in the Big 12, everybody shows up right there. They all have fan bases. That's what's different. Well, the problem with Oregon State, Oregon State, their real fans are a lot like these fan bases. The problem is, you, you know, you're in an area where you're still – splitting with other right. fan base. I mean, you're splitting with Oregon fans, with, with Trailblazer fans, with you know Seahawks fans. Whereas, again, you're in Stillwater, Oklahoma. It's you and it's the guys who root for, for, for the Sooners. And that's it. Right. Um, if you're in Kansas, save for those 25,000 Wichita State basketball fans, you're rooting for Kansas or K-State. Um, you, don't, you, you know, you have where your loyalties are split in other places. And, and, and on the West Coast, again – a lot of the people in Stillwater are third and fourth generation uh, Cowboy fans, Oklahoma right. State Cowboy fans. That's not necessarily true. If you live in Oakland, um, you may not even realize Cal plays college basketball because you're, you're a Warriors fan. All right. By the way, I, I've noticed I got something I'm going to show on my phone right here. This is the most overpriced thing. This came up on my Facebook memories. People, you can see this right here. See this chair. Brad, how much would you pay for this chair? I paid $1,600 for it. Sitting right next to me. This chair is on sale for $1,500. If you are out there and you would pay $1,500 for this, you have a lot more money than I will ever have in my life. Brad, that is a wretched looking device right there. Oh, it is ugly. And my guess it's some kind of designer, which I don't care about. Um, my whole, my, I have a couch and love seat. I spent a lot less than that on from the same store, I believe. Right. By the way, Rich. Hey, Rich, what? You want me to mention Pittsburgh State, the Gorillas, too? Well, you know the best player by a mile from Emporia State is, correct? I Come on, Brad. The minute you mention it. Larry I, I Allen. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry Allen, best best player all time. All right, Mike and Brad, Arizona dethroned uh, pack, uh, Blue Blood UCLA in the Pac-12, and hopefully we dethrone another Blue Blood Kansas. I will say this. Kansas is going to be a lot harder one to topple than uh, UCLA because at Kansas, Kansas is essentially Arizona almost on steroids. Is that fair to say there, Brad Ellis? I've been to a game at, and people are going to be mad at me, but I've been to a game at, at Fog Allen. It was the best sporting environment I've ever been to. Were you there with Rob Lance? No, I went, uh, I, I saw the, uh, the 2003 uh, comeback blowout game. The, the right. Salim game. Oh, just be there for the second half. That's all you need. Into the first half. They somehow right. went up over 10. Um, again, I've been to Poly. In the late 90s, it was really good. It's it's any it's anywhere. It's 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 
nothing to write home about. When Jim Herrick had things rolling, it was pretty good. Yeah, I was there for the Lavin, some of the Lavin games, and it was a little crazy, but uh, the students were really good. Uh, but no, it's just it's just another building. I mean, maybe not at the renovations. All right. First of all, Fog Allen Fieldhouse is it's a field house. It looks like a big, a really high tech giant barn. Um, and the fans are rabid. And again, that's, I've got, I've got a bunch of KU grads in my family. Uh, it's a rabid basketball fan base, just like they're a rabid football fan base for the chiefs. Um, there's a reason those are two of the best home field advantages in the respective sports. I've never been to the Dean dome. I've never been to assembly hall. I've never been to, uh, those, but, if you're telling me there is a, and again, McHale's great. McHale is mm. awesome. But if you're telling me there's a place better than Fog Allen, I need to see it. All right, Brett Alice, before we sign off here, where can they find you? What are you up to right now? Talk to the people. Uh, yeah, WSR Brad on Twitter. Um, just put up a podcast late last night. Uh, my eulogy to the Pac-12, where I talk about, basically I point fingers. Everyone's pointing fingers at Robbins or this guy or that guy. It's, uh, to paraphrase uh, the Rolling Stones, after all, it was you and me. After all, it was all many people uh, led to the demise of the Pacto. But it starts with Larry Scott. Um, I also decided to play around with AI and had it actually write a literal eulogy to the Pac-12. How'd it go? Really, it was, was it pretty it was, good? It was really good, yeah. I read it. I read it as the intro to the podcast. I'm hoping uh, to get um, – two or three out a week now um think with, with the kids in school uh things have settled down a little bit it's still crazy because uh you know some idiot decided to convince his son to play club baseball and middle school football and his daughter to try club volleyball and try to more on that guy trying is. to also save a little league and yeah so it's been it's been it's busy so um yeah, it's but uh, hoping to get two or three out. I'm, I'm. If you if you notice, they're going to sound a little more rustic. I'm not editing out a lot of the ums and ahs and breaths. Um, good, so. you should it, Brad. We like that here. I repeat, I repeat half the things. Brad Rich on here, our good friend Brad Rich. By the way, I don't like two first names. Likes making fun of me all the time for repeating things. That's part of the charm, Brad. Take pride in it. I just don't like the. I hear my own breaths when I do when I listen back to my podcast, but I don't notice when other people do it. So it's probably just me being. It's just you. Picky. So, yeah. So I put it up with no edits yesterday. Hopefully you liked it. Um, right. And if you didn't, well. And sorry. you're going to be able to catch Brad on as many post-game shows coming up as he's available to be on as well right here on PHNX Wildcats. This is, this is true. As many as I can. Yeah, I don't know what the baseball tournament schedule is. We may not be playing fall ball, so that might actually play into being on more post-game shows. So. Right. All right. All right. He's the great William Brad Alice. I'm Mike Luke, Jacob Franklin behind the scenes. We will talk to you tomorrow. You have been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.